you felt like this for th- like three days and you're, <laughs> you've reimagined your past self as how you currently feel. And it's not true to reality at all. Dude, I know I'm <laughs> getting a manic thing because I keep imagining scratching a penta- pentagram on my chest. You know, like the Satan. And I think that would be so cool if suddenly I've got like the devil's symbol on my chest. And I'm like... I don't know if I'd regret it, but it seems awesome to have the scarring of that star. <laughs> Welcome to your life. There's no turning back. Even while we sleep, we will find you acting on your best behavior. Turn your back on Mother Nature. Everybody wants to. Okay, that should be good. Yeah. Oh, mate, the thing is, I've just got to learn to look. I just won't even look at you. <laughs> that I get good footage. <laughs> Dude, it's not even comfortable. Like, I need another mic. I need to change the mic out. I've got this one, but it's like, <laughs> fuck me. Well, don't, just don't, don't worry about the fucking video at the moment, man. Like, it's too, I just. Yeah, it's too, it. the, the video's hardly watched anyway, eh? Yeah, but like, if it's not, um, you, you can't look away the whole time, or it'll be fucked. <laughs> just, just worry about this. You Dude, I'm, I'm not way. even comfortable. I actually, I'm, all, I realize I'll never be happy because this is what <laughs> I preferred the old setup. Like my back sore on this couch. Yeah, no good, man. I do like sure thing waxing, dude. That's the that's the way we diversify, man. We have sure thing day spa services. Well, man, what I realized is. What you, everyone's got neon signs, but uh, they get custom ones. Just buy a cheap one off the internet, whatever comes up. Hot <laughs> luck. It doesn't have to be relevant. It's funny. Now, as I said, I drove to that lady that sold it for $20, a waxing neon sign. We look professional. It doesn't make any sense. It's not relevant at all to the pod. But it's bright and it's light and it's viral, baby. It's fun. Dude, I can, I'll tell you, man, like you've got to be a sound engineer to do this. It's what I spoke about last week. I literally, the only people good at comedy now have autism because they can write all day. They write six hours a day for the whole year. They memorise all their words and then go on. Like it's, it's really a craft now for the very mentally unwell. <laughs> someone that can spend their whole day memorising words and said, and at that point I said, Tangelambalam. And I'm like, any normal human being cannot do a pod. Because you don't want to sit in a room with 19 wires talking to the, the fucking internet. And the social media, man, I'm uploading my clips. It's not rational as a human being to keep putting clips up and get rejected and continue doing it. <laughs> the analogy I've got, it's like you've got a girl and you ask her on 50 dates and she keeps telling, she just ignores you and you go, hey, so do you want to go to the movies? And she just walks off. And the next day you have no shame and you're like, hey, Jenny. How are you going? How's your day been? And she just walks past you. And then you're like, hey, Jenny, would you like to get a coffee? Hey, Jenny, how you go? I see people on Twitter and I'm like, when do you learn? you got three followers. No one likes any of your tweets. You've been going for four years. They're, they're open mics here. They're tweeting into the void. No response. I'm like, have some fucking self... Have some shame, dickheads. Man, why is every, everyone over 60, everyone who's celebrating like a, you know, multi-generational 
uh, anniversary. It's like, what's the secret? Yeah. It's like, oh, Harold, Harold came after me when, I, when we, were, we were just 19 years old. He was 32. Yeah. And he asked, I kept saying no. I, he asked me out 14 different times. I said no every time. And then w- one Wait. time it was, it was too much. He showed up at two in the morning. I think he was holding a knife and he said, please, please let me take you to the cinema. Jay. I finally relented and said yes so he wouldn't slash my tyres. And here we are yeah. 40 years later. We couldn't be happier. Every single relationship in the 40s was a me too <laughs> where you wore them down. <laughs> and then the comics that tell me they have no self-worth, they're like, dude, you just upload... Don't worry that you're being ignored. Don't worry that you're 5,000 clips in. No one's liked any of it. One day, they'll come on a date. And I'm like, have some self-respect. End the thing. Go and get a normal job. I don't (laughs) want to spend five years uploading YouTube clips every three minutes. Suddenly, it goes viral and I get to uh, bang a 10 out of 10 girl. I'm like, I'll just bang a three. I'll just bang a three. Quick comedy. I don't need it. I don't need... Uh, it's fucking mortifying, dude. Uploading shit and just not getting response. And it's what I spoke about last week. Ronnie didn't have her. How, when do you accept that you don't have talent? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I've noticed it now, man, because we have riffs on this pod. You laugh at me. And then I realise, no, these are not going well. People <laughs> are crying in the audience. <laughs> I'm saying some toxic shit about terminal cancer. To silence. Sometimes it's the way it translates to stage, I think, you know? It comes across very aggressive. Yeah, and you don't have the the context where they know he, I'm mentally struggling. But wait, hold I'm on. You say meltdown. you say this, but then also, like, you came off stage at the GC Laugh Scala and you were like, oh, they didn't like me. They hated me. And I was like, man, no, they, they did like you. They just got a little quiet in the middle because you didn't notice the ambulance. Like, some ambos came in and that took one lady one out stories. who had a fucking heart attack. I was telling Kappa that. I said, I'm such a narcissist. There was a woman being taken away by paramedics. And I'm like, oh, too hot for you, is it, fuckhead? And I'm like, oh, the crowd's real quiet. I'm acting out. So you're on the train, right? It's a real hassle as they're trying to resuscitate a woman. And I'm like, wow, fucking tough crowd tonight. Hey, have a laugh. Cunt. But you still crushed. It was that, but that one moment where of confusion. You didn't know what was going oh, on. Oh, dude, I had no idea. And I was like, what a piece of shit. I didn't even engage with the audience enough to realise there's a woman going past on a gurney being uh, CPR'd. Well, she wasn't, but, like, she was fucked. And I was just like, oh, fucking, anyway, fuck off. Let, do you know what I mean? Like, she's dying. And I'm like, I want it's my time, bitch. I flew here. I've got some gear. I've memorised some lines. So when you say, uh, I'm up on stage, I'm screaming, they hate me, I don't I don't really believe you, you know? Like, you're, you're so in your head, I don't know what... The reality of it is. Oh, dude, I haven't I, seen you bomb before, man. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, well, I mean... Oh, aside from your solo, that was a huge... Man, Anytime you're up there for too long. <laughs> dude, oh, my solo was... No, my solo was That no, was great, I man. It, it was, was great. Fun. I did have sure thing fans come up to me going like, wow, it's a bit more than I expected. <laughs> yeah, well... Do you know what... You know what the thing is? Like, um, once you've lived in a sedentary life, I'm sorry that I jar you when you're half alive. You know, it's hard. It's hard once you're in uh, the equivalent of a coma because you've been working at a dead-end job for so long and you go, wow, he's really alive. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, really that's what happens. Alive. And you don't sell out, cunt. And you don't go on to life support, just driving up and down highways, doing dead-end work. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is what I find jarring the most. We're alive once and people are like, oh, easy. 
Don't be so full on. I'm like, dude, it's only like 80 years. I'm sorry that that's too much for you. Like you want to you uh, go through it half half awake? Do you know what I mean? Like what a fucking capitulation to go, wow, he's intense. I'm like, maybe you need to fucking turn your dimmer off, cunt. And actually engage with the fact that you're alive. I'm like, I know that you're on fucking Valium and antidepressants, but a smile? How about just screaming on the street? Yelling. Pickpocket or some shit. I yell out my car all the time just at people. <laughs> I've called the police. I yelled it even on the way here. I've called the police to a random man. Just just to see what he thought. Oh mate, this chair is so uncomfortable. <laughs> but why like why you why have you moved around? What's going on? What was wrong with last week's chair, you know? Oh what, dude, oh, why this is this is happening? Nice. Why are you doing this to yourself and me? I just, I mean, I can't get anything right. Do you know I had to spray paint that sure thing sign in an industrial warehouse area? I just sprayed it. Now on the concrete there says sure thing on the ground. <laughs> I didn't realise that it would go around it. So there's sure thing just randomly near a gym somewhere in Osborne Park. And it took two hours to drive. So I had to like, I had to um, sit there near my crime just going, I hope no one comes to buy a carpet. Hey. It's a nice gold, man. It looks really good. It looks like a, it looks like an accounting firm lettering, you know? Oh, dude, you know what I wanted? I wanted Trumpy, Trump's letters, Trump Towers. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I can see that. It's great. It's that tacky wealth where you're like, you have a gold toilet and you think that, that, makes, you cl- that makes you classless, but you think it's opulence. <laughs> it's uh, the complete opposite of what you want. Do you know when someone's just dripping in gold and you're like, oh, what trash? He's a fucking drug dealer. If you go to someone's house and they've got golden curtains, you're like, fuck, he's such a desperate, needy tryhard, <laughs> don't you think? I have a feeler jacket and the zipper and the zip is like a is gold. It looks gold. It's not real gold, but it looks gold. Dude, that happened- it's such an amazing aesthetic because you can be Italian without having to buy chains and put them around. I've yourself. seen that one. It's the Tony Soprano look. I had it for Melbourne. And I always only take one jacket. I arrived at the plane, straight away, first comic I met, laughed at me. And then that just continued for the 10 days. It was my only coat. And they're like, oh, what the (laughs) fuck is that jacket cut? And then, like, it's so annoying because you can't change. In Perth, I'd go home, I'd burn it, I'd get whatever they're wearing. I'd go, well, what are you wearing? And I'd look at their label and say, oh, I'll just wear that so I can fit in with you, hey? That's life. But it's a sign of defeat to go home and change or to take it off. As a, if someone's like, nice hat, dickhead, you can't take the hat off. You have to keep it on. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Like, once someone said, that sucks, then you've got to wear it every time you saw them. Yeah. Otherwise, you're weak. <laughs> uh, yeah, otherwise, the next time. And the one time you don't, they're like, oh, where's your hat? <laughs> oh, dude, it's like reacting. You've got to show that power. But, like, I had it at my boy's soccer today. As we were walking off, a kid goes, yeah, we beat you. And I was going to say, yeah, and I'll fucking beat you right now, mate. And and actually ask him, but I saw his dad. And I go, yeah, well, we'll beat you next time. But I wish I'd said, yeah, and I'll beat the shit out of you, you lippy cunt. But I like, I like, I'm giving bad advice to my kid because he goes, they kept nudging me and tripping. And I go, well, just punch him in the gut when they're not looking like this. I go, punch him in the ribs. Just, but I'm trying to get them to just hit and ask questions later. Mm. I don't really want them to moderate their, ba- their emotion. Mm. I think it's very good 
someone annoys you, just break their nose and then say after, sorry, I fucked up. I'm going to anger management. <laughs> I think I've never regretted hurting someone. <laughs> Do you not think? Is your father quite chill? Like he's... Oh, he's super uh, passive. Yeah, because I th- I, it feels like your kids are going to be quite chill because you bring so much manic energy. No, but the thing is I'm... Um, I'm passive because I got trained to be a coward. I wish I'd been more violent. It's one of my big regrets that I haven't bashed people, I, enough people. I don't mean that I think your kids are not going to, or are going to be passive in that sense or be chill in that sense. I mean, holistically, they're going to be quite chill. Like their outlook will be quite uh Yeah, yeah. Look, measured. at school, they say they're very quiet. And I think it's because yeah. I drain them of all energy. Absolutely. Well, they're, they're at home and you're screaming and yelling and everything's fucking cranked up to 11. I'm dancing and they're exhausted. And they get in and they're like, oh, thank fuck, it's maths time. I can sit down and chill out, look at sums. Dude, but it's a hard life. Like, I just wish I had a few um, casualties where I could walk down to the local pub and go, and hey, mate, how you going? And know when we're talking that he remembers where I bashed him in the car park. <laughs> go, yeah, dude, I'm well. You know, working away. Like a little bit of a reputation. Because, you know, like as the high school bully, you go back to high school and you apologise to everyone, but you still got the scalp on your wall. Yeah. You still fucked them up. The smell of violence is hanging over you. Yeah, and you say, look, I've I've softened in my old age, but you still remember (laughs) when you shoved his face in the toilet? Man, you can't can't apologise to someone that you were, like, physically violent to and be like, don't worry, man, I've softened in my old age. (laughs) Mate, I've... Hey, and, dude, that's the double threat. Don't worry, mate. You know I could fuck you up, but I don't do that anymore because I've bashed so many times. I've got sick of it, hey. It's just so tiring winning and emasculating males. I'm like, how many? I've been going for 10 years of emasculation. Now I let you guys talk because you know I'm the, the alpha. The, alpha, the true alpha ends up saying that, look, I'm not going to hurt you anymore. <laughs> and you're still alpha. What you really need to do is let the nerd bash you so you can get his manhood back. The ultimate move is the nerd comes back to the high school reunion and he's like, finally, I've like, I've got the job. I'm driving a nice car. I can show yeah. everyone. And then 30 minutes later, they're getting their head dunked in the toilet again by their high school bully. Oh, dude, <laughs> I, I was hoping that would happen so much. I wanted, I never went to the high school reunion, but I just loved it. I would love because these, these weak little coward boys can revert back to form. So, like, you're a top lawyer, you come in, in your Maserati, you think you're going to dominate, and you're like, yeah, I'm a partner at a firm. 20 minutes later, someone's dunking your head, shaving your eyebrows, and you're like, oh, my God. And you go, how was the reunion? And you go, like, ultimately, I am a weak man. I'm a beta man. I, I still, I got bullied. This guy, he's a tradie, he doesn't have any money, but he ended up, like, I, I got... He took my wallet and I didn't do anything about it. Yeah, like as soon as you walk into the fucking school hall, you, it's just a chorus of 15 guys going, hey, it's Specky. Dunk him, dunk him, dunk him, dunk him. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? I'm the top lawyer in Perth. You're still Specko to us, pussy. <laughs> because I think once you get into the corporate world, a lot of that is repressed. I see it all the time where someone outranks the other. Like he's more of an alpha, but the other guy's his boss. But you still know that he's the alpha. Do you know what I mean? Like a little tiny Jew lawyer ends up sort of in charge of someone, but you still all deep down know that the the junior guy outranks him <laughs> in the jungle. <laughs> and he knows it. And that's why he's extra mean to him. But we still like, I still ultimately respect the alpha. 
I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> Dude, what are we going to do with this pod, man? What do you mean? Well, because of my existential dread, I'm not comfortable anywhere. I thought if I had a new setup, I'd feel more relaxed. It's worse. Yeah, well, you've not finished the setup, have you? Like, you've got the phone, you're hunched over the phone. Now your shoe's in the way. I look good on camera like this. I have to sit, so you can see it, but it's all about looking good on camera <laughs> for the viral clip. <laughs> when we hit, we hit some sort of thing. The Russian Mafia. And that can be the, the title. I, um, yeah, nothing's been happening, eh? These, now that we do them more regularly, it's more of just administration. Talking about setups. I have premises. Don't worry. I didn't come in with nothing. Oh, mate. But you know what that killed me is taking three hours out of your weekend. Like, I have no free time now. <laughs> okay. No, but you know what I mean? Well, you, you have heaps of free time, man. Well, I mean, you honestly, you have way more free time than you should, considering you have two kids, uh, a job, you do stand-up, and now there's... Uh, like a committed schedule for the podcast. I'm trying to work out whether I want to keep doing stand-up. Hey, it's a huge moment because I've, I've done it for so long and I don't, I don't think it's fun. This is, such a, this is a big fuck-around thought, man, because even if you decide that you don't want to do stand-up, what's yeah. the outcome of that decision? You don't do stand-up for about six weeks and then six weeks and later... Then you come back. Exactly. So it's just... A, it's a, all, the, all the thinking about it's a waste of time. Do it or don't do it because in six weeks of not doing it, you'll be back anyway. Yeah, yeah, but it's just like I... Um, I, I find it crazy because uh, people seem to laugh. I haven't laughed at stand-up for so many years. Like, I don't find it funny. I lie to just fit in. People go, ah, that bit's so good by this guy. And I'm like, ah, nah, I felt nothing. But that's also not true because I've seen you howling at bits. Like, size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're talking about this ideological version. Like, you you feel sort of negative towards stand up at the moment, and you have extrapolated this entire personality from that that doesn't actually exist. Dude, I only have two uh, two things. I like laughing when people are bombing. And I like when they attack the crowd. <laughs> and I love when someone does a really hacky premise and I laugh loud because it's ironic. And they, I, they go, wow, the comics love this bit. And it's because they've got a... Uh, and then she was on the bus. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe he wrote that shit. What a loser. What a fucking tryhard. And then they come off and go, hey, I heard you laughing at the train bed. I'm like, yeah, because it's the worst bit I've ever heard. I can't believe you wrote that in a bad, you useless cunt. Hey, but I, um, do you know what killed my bit? Dude, this is, a, this is like straw, it's straw wolfy. You've created a straw man of yourself. And you're like, yeah, I'm so sick of stand up. It's been years. I haven't felt joy in years. It's like, man, you felt like this for like three days and you're, you've reimagined your past self is how you currently feel. And it's not true to reality at all. Dude, I know I'm getting a manic thing because I keep imagining scratching a penta- pentagram on my chest. You know, like the Satan. And I think that would be so cool if suddenly I've got like the devil's symbol on my chest. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd regret it, but it seems awesome to have the scarring of that star with the circle on it and you've scratched it yourself. And I was like, and then I become, you know, the f- uh, a true villain. In many ways, I want to... 
uh, become the Joker <laughs> this in this is, world now. This is a 15-year-old emo kid's idea of a, like a cool thing. What? I was fantasizing <laughs> and thinking, is it called the penta- pentagram or whatever? Yeah, yeah, pentagram. And I thought, how good would it have to scratch that on your chest? And people think you're mentally well. And you go for a <laughs> swim and they're like, what the fuck? And you've scratched the devil's symbol. But then I thought it'd be hard to explain to my kids. That, you know? <laughs> also, who's going to think you're mentally well? Like, who are these people who are like, let's go. No one does. Firstly, dude. like, <laughs> in this, in this, in this imagined scenario, you're hanging out with someone who thinks you're mentally well. And then of their own volition, they say to you, you know what I'd love to do today, Wolfie? I'd love to go to the pool. <laughs> so you're at the pool. They think you're mentally yeah. well. You take off your shirt and you're like, yeah. Like this, this scenario you've concocted in your head is like a, it's a, yeah. it's a daydream. Uh, like the. Uh, dude, you mean, you mean a nice girl? And she goes, don't worry. We all do stupid things when we're young. And we're like, I did that three months ago <laughs> in a car, in a holding captiva. Can't you see the scarring's fresh? And they're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I had kids then in school. But you know what? Speaking of bombing. I tried to tell Nick Kappa's in town. We're in the green room and we're chatting away, talking shit, whatever. And then I tell him the bit about him ripping off uh, GoFundMe for his cancer. <laughs> I'm like, guess the be- guess bit. Because you bought the bike, right? And you had a bigger chance. And I found it incorrigible you're taking that money, right? And I'm like, why are you so quiet? It's great. You see? Testicular cancer's nothing. And I said, I fed off your... Ailment, I said, you've got a whole show out of it, and now I'm working off your problems to create my bits. I'm like, do you get it? It's amazing. And he's like, he just, no reaction. I'm like, man, let me break it down. You've got a 35 grand motorbike. You have more chance of dying on that than you did from the testicular cancer. Bang, it's good, hey? And he was like, I, I, I didn't realise that a thing that was directly attacking someone else that you shouldn't say to I thought he would be let rolling in the aisles. Going, what a bit. It's a great bit. I did rip them off. He just said, oh, I don't really get it, man. Whatever. Like, I really did have a, quite a torrid time. I lost all my hair. And I was like, yeah, but you got 35 grand. It's bullshit, right? I looked online. None of it. It's a total fucking farce, you lying prick. You're a liar. You're a scam artist now, man. And he was like, he didn't really see it that way. And he, d- he, didn't, he didn't give you any sort of reaction by the no end of No reaction, it? no laugh when I said you ripped people off, close family, friends and friends <laughs> who supported you, even though there was never really a problem there. And I said all those, wa- those uh, woe is me videos were bullshit, hey? Because I said I looked it up. It's a total bullshit, 99% survival rate. <laughs> and you're in there, I'm going to get through this. And you're like, yeah, I'm being brave. And I'm like, it's bullshit, right? You knew that, didn't you? And he goes, look, well, it's, it's scary, but it's not as scary as the other ones. I'm like, no, it's nothing. It's fuck all. You knew that, right? You must have looked it on the nets, but you played the victim, didn't you? For money. That's awesome, dude. I'm so, I respect you for that, to ham it up like you're injured. Oh, I'm limping, I hurt my leg. You haven't heard anything. You're just trying to get money out of people. Anyway, I mean, it's he did of, not like that. Yeah, because it is still a trade off where you give away one of your testicles for the thirty. Oh, uh, who cares, and dude? Also, who wants? To- I don't. I don't think the. Uh, I'm not too sure, but I've looked it up. It's ninety nine percent survival no, 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 rate. Yeah, yeah. No, I know that, but make me wrong, right? I don't think the GoFundMe is like, hey, I want thirty five grand uh, because I like. The trade-off is I'm going to die. It's more like I can't, I can't work. This is a yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Look, look. 
that's the truth. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not how you do comedy. No, no, I you know. You have to like lie. I, I know, but you're obviously, obviously yeah, but what then, happened. But, then but you're then taking the lie and you're like, man, aren't you a fuckhead? <laughs> I'm doing a bit about Dude, how you're a fuckhead. <laughs> I was telling him and I'm going like, Cancer was the best thing that ever happened to you. You lost weight. I said, that's more money than you've ever made in a year. Cancer's the first time your parents have been proud of you. 35 grand. Finally, he's fucking paid off that car debt. What a, it's, I said, surely it's the best thing that's ever happened to you, man. You've been in a factory sweeping. Like you've got to pinch yourself. And be, I said, I wish it happened to me, but no one really gets that. But, um, just working angles. And that's why I'm bombing all the time because it's not relatable. I thought that's funny to say like the best thing that ever happened to you was cancer, dude. When you die, that's probably the, the best year you ever had on this planet. The only time anyone fucking took you seriously. Ah, but like, yeah, it's tough, dude. These fucking comics, man. Nick's, Nick's a legend. But I tell you this, we were talking about so many nerds doing comedy now. It's not really fun. It's just all the autistic people doing formulas. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I write for nine hours a day. I'm like, well, fucking how unfunny are you, cunt? You're going to write for nine hours a day? I'm like turning it into a fucking crossword puzzle? Get out of here. I don't know that many people who are doing that well, like out of who have that mindset. Dude, every single comic in Australia is autistic now. <laughs> Am I not right? <laughs> I know one definitely is, man. <laughs> it's not healthy to write for six hours a day and then think you're enjoying your career. I mean, you want to do next to fuck all. You want to get drunk, wander on and say, ah, woman, let's just say something provocative. They clap. And you go, yeah, I didn't even know. It. I wasn't even meaning it like that. Yeah, you're being post-ironic. <laughs> fuck, well, you're back into some winners, don't you? Put that on the viral. <laughs> What, we shouldn't talk about comedy because no one cares about it anymore. It, yeah, it's, it is becoming uh, comedy-centric. We don't need that, you know. Now nah, let's never talk of comedy again. Um, uh, the Gold Coast Mayor, Tom Tate, he was uh, jumping up and down last week like a little snake in the grass, being like, hey, guys, we'd love to do the Commonwealth Games. We'd love to get oh. in <laughs> Do you know what's <laughs> he's, amazing? He's like, man, he's like, guys, everyone, with man, we hosted it in 2018. Like, let's... We can do it. It only cost us about it one point two bill. We're like we're good, and it's everyone. Everyone in Queensland government was immediately like, "Shut the fuck up, oh, sit dude. the fuck down, <laughs> dude." I just I Scotland's supposedly going to take it now. Oh I yeah, Scotland was poor as shit, and I'm like. Surely you just have it at the the place you had it the the time before because it's all set up. Man, I don't know how often that happens or if it ever happens with the Commonwealth Games, man. But it was 2018, so it's only yeah, it's only eight years. Eight years away. Tom's like, hey, if you don't want it, we'll take it again. Let's fucking go, dude. <laughs> I'm just so tired of unmarketable sports being kept on life support by Commonwealth Games and the Olympics. I'm like, face it. Nike has no interest in your sport. It's fuck all. If Red Bull and Nike are ignoring you, why the fuck should the Singaporean <laughs> government fund your walking career? Just fuck off. No one wants billiards, ballyards, walking, throwing the stick. I'm like, it's fucking irrelevant. Just UFC, that's where the money's at. Do you know? I'm like, you can't be proud of something that doesn't make money because we're in a capitalist society. So I'm like, it's not an achievement to get a medal. You've got to, you know what I mean? If, if it's not money, 
You've done fuck all. The only thing that matters is money, is what I've realised. Comedy, <laughs> art. Do you know what I found funny? Is uh, the, the, the actors strike, the writers? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's SAG. WGA is on strike, SAG's on strike, and the uh, Teamsters are going on strike at the end of the month as well, right? Art, art is suffering. I'm like, there's only a handful of Ronnie Changs that make money. That's the risk of being an artist. You write a mediocre show and you think you're going to get paid? No, you struggle. <laughs> Brad Pitt, there's only one Brad Pitt. I'm sorry that his ugly brother can't get money. I'm like, you're obviously an extra. And at that point, you just get exposure and a lunch pack. <laughs> like, you, what the fuck? You're writing a, a shit show no one wants to watch and you want payment? I'm like, hot tip, no one wants your shit. I want to hear, <laughs> do you know what I mean? If it's not... Do you know what I mean? If it's not a if it's not a hit show, and the guy just keep battling away, I'm like fucking quit and go and work in a desk job on on the mines. Do you know what I mean? If you're not writing hit hit shows, you're not Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, you shouldn't get paid <laughs> because no one's going to make money from you. I'm like we're not we're not nepo babies just living your fake fantasy. Like if you're not writing. A show, I'm trying to think of a show that's popular. I can't think of any. I haven't watched TV for so long. But um, <laughs> what was that? White Lotus. White yeah. Lotus, yes, get paid. Great writing. If, but if a mediocre show, the reality is the, a lot of these shows are being propped up by the star. If they didn't have Tom Hanks on, no one would watch it because the fucking script sucks. It's just, ah, oh, Tommy, I remember him from fucking Cast Away. <laughs> it's nostalgic. You remove him, I'm like, the whole thing collapses because the, the writing shit, the casting shit, the background shit, and these, these mediocre hacks are like, well, we, should, we still deserve a life. No, you don't deserve anything. <laughs> I've, I've accepted it. I'm mediocre. I'm not looking for a payday. I'm like, oh, um, D- Damien Power and the Better Comics should give me money so I can tour and do my <laughs> mediocre show. I'm like, no, I'll go on Centrelink. And keep the dream alive using the government support. You know what I mean? I do like the move because the last writers' strike, uh, it's it like it lost. <laughs> they lost so much money. They fucked up so many shows. All the late shows were just yeah. bleeding, hemorrhaging money. Everyone was having a really bad time. Uh, I think the only thing that's changed is like AI and they. Uh, you know the the big boys, the Netflixes, and the Disneys. Yeah, yeah. Like, we yeah. can probably, like, we, man, we don't we don't need the we don't need the people who actually make the content anymore. We can just we'll we'll push nothing. We've got we'll we'll push fairy floss, man. Just air. And you know the candy. you know what would be crazy is if they just cancelled your show and go, all right, it's done. No, no, but that's man, that's what happened in two thousand and eight. I think you're getting a bit mixed up with who's. No, you know who should actually be paying the money. Brad Pitt's on the show. He's getting thirty million. He remembers being a struggling actor. Flick a million to the other d- d- duds. Well, I think the I think SAG does actually do something like that, where they have a fund to maintain workers throughout the strike that's provided for by the uh, you know higher tier SAG members. Yeah, you know what the problem is? Is I think they're all living in uh, a fool's paradise because I think like Netflix, it's doing so well. I think all the streamers are struggling. And the truth is we're in season four and they've lost millions of dollars and it's just trying to create content. And these people are thinking, I can't believe we got extended for another thing. And they're like, dude, we're putting any shit out. That's because you're doing it cheaply. If you actually charged market rates, we're not putting out fucking Walking Dead 9 
fuck off. No one's watching anymore. <laughs> I'm like, it's because you guys are so cheap. We're willing to go, you know what? Put that rickety shit show on for another season. I'm like, it's not viable. And then once they, once they actually get paid right, guess what? You just won't have a job because they'll go, you know what? We just won't make that content. It, but it's not the, it's not that level of, like those are not the, the people making scale on SAG or minimum WGA rates are not the ones making it non-viable for streamers like Netflix to continue operating, man. Oh, it's yeah, their but, shitty but business is- decisions for fucking for a decade oh, yeah. based entirely on uh, like venture capital raising is uh there's no need for uh, to generate revenue for yeah, so, for yeah, so many fucking years. Do you not think this though? Like, if you're a true artist, you understand that you need suffering. So you, you can see it in comedy. You see it all. <laughs> a guy in a Lamborghini is not writing good jokes. You should, if you truly wanted to create good art, you get put into a dungeon. They spray you down each day, and you you know you're naked writing for survival. And you're like, you write Hunger Games in that environment. What what Squid Games? You need to be living in a, a bunker with a Jeffrey Dahmer type who throws scraps of meat down to you and you write for nine hours or your someone attacks you. Do you know what I mean? Like I would if you're trying to be a creative, you're like, take it all away. I don't want any money. I'm, I'm, and they go, dude, do you want a trailer? I'm like, no, I'll lie in the dirt. I'm in a fucking gangster movie. At night, I'll sleep on that sand and you can spray me down with a fire hydrant <laughs> and I'll come in and you watch me as the psychopath in that movie. I'll bite someone's fucking dick off in a scene. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm the, the great artists like uh, suspend and, uh, you know, envelop the character. Mm. They're in there, they're in having cigars, getting blowjobs, going on a big three-week Tahiti break. I'm like, you're not going to do the best work. You need to be actually fight or flight through the whole shooting where you're like, dude, I haven't eaten in three days. I had to steal some meat from a trailer to stay alive. And then you're like, this gangster movie is good. When he beat that guy out, he had fucking, he looked terrifying. And it's because you haven't seen the light for three days. You come running out going, come here, I'll kill you all. Like invest in your art. You don't want luxury. You don't want comfort. These guys, you can tell they're hacks because they're like, oh, we want better lives. I'm like, what, you want to be mediocre artists? You should be all lying in the street, in the dirt, crawling to Universal Studios and then acting your heart out as a walking dead zombie. And they go, that guy, that zombie's good, dude. You're on meth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but who's the person, uh, like, leveraging this whole relationship to to really fucking kill it? It's what? It's Bob Iger making another fucking Disneyland oh, theme park in mainland China and, like, cutting deals to undermine... Who cares about the money? That's what they're gone wrong. Only a Nepo baby wants to be comfortable and be in the arts. Fuck off. You should... All the great comics... Blew it all on cocaine and partying. Every great comic had to, every gig was hand to mouth because they'd give him 50 grand and then it was gone within an hour after. Even um, Norm MacDonald gambled it all away. Kinnison blew it all on cocaine. <laughs> the guy with glasses that did one-liners, he had a heroin habit, lived in a caravan. He would go and get 80 grand. By the time he's got back to the caravan, he owes 80 grand. Do you know what I mean? He's... He needs to write the whole time. The people that get more and more comfortable, oh, lardy fucking da, you come in a Lamborghini. Oh, I can't wait to hear your premise, how the cup holder's not as big as you expected. <laughs> Fuck you. You fucking try hard. So, so ideally the festivals don't ever give you a chance really, I guess. 
Dude, you want them to be monsters. It's Spartacus. Right. You want to be Spartacus. You've got to be a slave that's brought out so you, to fight. So you lo- you th- you're the only guy getting around thinking, man, these Australian television producers are fucking great. They're not giving me a go. Bra- this is perfect. I'm like, they're making me more creative. The more a producer walks past me and go, you're not for me, the better I become. Do you not think? Man, I think you. I think it's good, man. Like this kind of encouragement is what you historically needed to continue doing the bit where you got on, like lay on the floor and rolled off stage. Oh, dude, I yeah. Well, I mean, because their advice was not to do that stuff to homogenize you. They're like, Ballard doesn't do that. Yeah. You know, because all they do is look to replicate. That's the other thing, man. Like, there's a lot of um, people that shouldn't have ever got hired. <laughs> so they're writing, but it's like, oh, because he looks at he looks like Bob Odenkirk. That's the only reason he's hired. He's got a similar vibe. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but no one wants fucking Breaking Bad Nine. I'm like, the guy shouldn't have been hired. There, there are a lot of um, there are a lot of um, duplicate people working mm. that need a reality check and i think this is it you have a strike <laughs> and you make sure you don't hire half of them back and they go holy fuck the strike was the worst thing i ever did i never worked in the arts again I'm like, yeah wolf came in and he said you know what i work for free you just throw meat throw a handful of mints to me at the end of each day and i'll live near the trailers you can chain me to a trailer and you just feed me a hand strips of meat Every few hours, man, you'd love to cross the picket lines, dude. That's your that's that's the dream for you. Is you is a dude. picket line that you can jump over and be like, "Hey, boys, guess what? It's your lucky break. I'm here." What do you need? Oh, dude, done? I'd love it. I I'll put it out there right now. I'll write for free. You just hand me a scrap of meat <laughs> once a week. You throw me some roadkill, and I'll write for the rest of my life. I don't need sunlight. I need water and roadkill. I'll write for fucking free. <laughs> and you can actually wire shit into my head. You can get uh, Elon Musk to put wires in to try and make me better at it. I don't care. <laughs> Hook up a car battery to my head so I can work longer hours. I literally couldn't give a shit. These guys are looking for comfort. And because of that, they're not even... You can tell anyone looking for comfort is never going to write a good script. So you can, <laughs> you can fire these people immediately. <laughs> You can you know on that alone that they're not got artists in them, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. Anyone looking for oh, I like an infinity pool before I write it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You're gonna write a you're gonna write a masterpiece, don't you? You need to cut your ear off and mail it to your wife before you can even be hired. I was looking up more about the com games and like how uh, how it works because I, I wanted to know if it, how if it was uh, the same as uh, you know like the Olympics or. And then it, what? Yeah. FIFA's private. The Olympics is like a, I don't know. It's like a what a federation or something. Oh man, I, it's like the Catholic Church. I don't know what it is because because the the Com Games has one of the royals as a patron, and then I I guess they make the money from the from the bids from the countries, and then they just sort of lump the you know the rest of the bill onto. Gold Coast, like yeah, you fucking build the stadiums, cunts. We've got our, yeah, we've got our, yeah. we've got our rego fee, but thank you. It's the worst investment ever, right? Because you build a, a stadium for the walking, but it's not viable, right? It's not a commercial enterprise because if there was, Nike would have built it, and then you're just left with an empty stadiums everywhere, and no one's going to the Babington Centre ever again because it sucks. Because I was looking up the Olympics one, they have a. 
I, I didn't realize this. They have an oath that you have to take for to be one of one of the countries. It's like a gay sports market. Oh, really? What's the oath? Uh, Honored to be chosen as a member of the International Olympic Committee, I fully accept the responsibilities of the, that this office brings. I promise to serve oh the Olympic movement to the best of my ability. I will respect the Olympic Charter, and it, dude, it goes on for ages. And I was like, "What the fuck do you mean, like the Olympic movement?" And they. Dude, they have their own philosophy, Olympism. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Dude, everyone has to mythologize their job, hey? Like they're doing God's work. I'm like, you're fucking selling out to Rolex and Coca-Cola and handing out some medals. Get over yourself. No one even gives a shit in uh, nationalism anyway. If you're smart, we got the internet. No one gives a fuck about culture anymore. It's irrelevant. <laughs> It's people clinging on to the past. There are no traditions. Everyone's just on TikTok dancing. No one gives a fuck Dude. about your stupid delicacy from your area. We all just want McDonald's. I've had enough. It's the best philosophy, man. There's nothing cool about it at all. It's like inspirational posters and like a PE class philosophy. Like the philosophy boils down to like everyone has the right to play sports. Oh, my God, dude. Dude, it's, it's one of those big problems that happens in sport when it, politics get involved, though. Do you know when people mm. say like, oh, Iran or Iraq can't complete, compete? And I'm like, why not? They're, they're, not, they're not in charge. Everyone at the lower levels is just having barbecues and trying to get their dick sucked and looking after their family. No one really, like we have no involvement in politics and then you just get misrepresented and they go, no, we're not having any of the Middle East in. I'm like, if you hang out with someone our level in the Middle East, all they want is to get on Walking Dead 8 and get a decent pay pack. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the UN gave, gave the International Olympic Committee... <laughs> something called permanent observer status, which basically means that they're like they're almost like a country in the yeah. in the general assembly. So, <laughs> so the, like, and the, the, like the general assembly is the one, like that's the one with like resolutions that are like yeah. this, like the status of Jerusalem, and we do not support the war in oh Ukraine. Oh my god! And you've got and you, as well as having like. <laughs> As well as having like all the major, you the US there, you have Israel, and you've also got the Olympic Committee is showing up. So while the, oh my god, dude. so while everyone's while everyone's debating the war in the Ukraine, the Olympic Committee guys get to stand up and be like, "Hey guys, um, we're yeah, <laughs> dude. it's so stupid we're, to we're give thinking arms. about we're thinking about putting juggling into the Winter Olympics, so we're gonna have a quick vote before we all go to lunch." Right. Oh, mate, <laughs> to get sport involved in politics. <laughs> like they're doing, they're, they're by design doing exactly against their oath, <laughs> which is taking sports and infusing a political slant on it. That's because that's one of their core tenets for the Olympism thing is like non-discrimination for sport. Yeah. Which so they guess what? You shouldn't, you shouldn't and they even, immediately do not follow it. So you shouldn't be at the United Nations, should you? You absolute because as soon as Russia invades Ukraine, they're like they're like they ban Russia and they're like telling everyone, do not let Russians play sports. They broke the Olympic truce. They broke oh the my Olympic god! <laughs> my god! Like Putin dude. sitting there going, like, man, I'd love to. I'd love to invade, but, you know, I made that Olympic truce. I can't, I can't break my Olympic truce. Mate. And, and you know what I mean? Like, because didn't the Nazis, they hosted the Olympics and that could have mm. saved everything. 
If they'd won a couple more medals, they might have <laughs> abided by the truth. They probably had a really bad outing and thought, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. We're going to go for it. I don't know, man. I'm just like... I stop watching the Olympics. Oh, this, they suck. I don't mind it if you're into the story and you're like, oh, he's, he's had testicular cancer. He got to go fund me. And that's how he, he built up the money to get a rowboat. And now he rows all day up and down the river. Well, back and forward, back and fucking forward. <laughs> Do you know? Can you just imagine the Olympic, like some guy, some guy from the Olympic committee gets to vote on whether or not they recognise Taiwan. <laughs> Oh, my Lord, dude. You know what they should do is the, the guy that uh, wins the 100 metres should decide whether they yeah. invite. Yeah. Just imagine, I just imagine, like, yeah, yeah, like someone, who's, someone who ran a couple of marathons and then joined the, the IOC and eventually rises up. And then they're in the UN being like, I want to like, I I get rid of New Zealand. <laughs> I'm, dude, put, I'm putting the, the, the UN, the, the guy, what is, what is it fucking called? Like the speaker of the UN guy is like, all right, we've got the IOC has put through a resolution to, to, to ban New Zealand. <laughs> the type of person that's good at sport is a freak, like a, someone good at comedy because they don't want to balance life. Margaret Court. She's in there just hitting balls. And we're like, come in, Margaret. Why don't you play with your friends? Nah, I want to hit the balls. Hit more balls, hit more balls, hit more balls. And you're like, come on, have some cheesecake. Have some fun. No, balls, balls, balls. And then we go, oh, we idolise her. The freak that wouldn't fucking interact with anyone. That was socially reclusive. And that's what pushed them into being obsessive about some shit. Oh, they're a good fucking person to have a balanced view. On politics? Do you know what I mean? None of it. You shouldn't talk to sports people. They should be muzzled. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The thought to engage with a sports person. It's, it's the same like when you see an actor trying to weigh into politics and you're like, you are so dumb, dude. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Man, I mean, the UN seems like that's so crazy to me. That like <laughs> Do you know when I realised how dumb they were was when you saw Tom Hanks getting roasted by Ricky Gervais and he was just like unable to comprehend the the humour. Like, he, he took himself so seriously, he was, like, livid. At, was it the Golden Globes? He's like, what's going on? What's going on? I'm like, he's such a repressed freak. Do you know what I mean? He, he took himself so seriously. You had a fucking volleyball on a beach for three weeks and got overpaid. What the fuck? <laughs> you think you're special? And he, he actually believed... He believes he's Tom Hanks. That's what's funny. The mythology of Tom Hanks, he actually thinks is real. And he goes, it's motherfucking Tom Hanks. I'm like, you lay on an island for six weeks and you, you sat in an airport for six months. Your, your life sucks. Some smarter man wrote jokes and words for you. And then you're so devoid of a personality that you could you could pretend to be someone else for nine months. That's two big roles that are based on the premise of being stranded. That's all he does. And they go, no human being would be happy to film for nine months in a terminal, nine months on a beach. And he's like, I feel nothing because I'm as thick as shit. I, I think actors are generally quite dumb, dude. So Because they can... Because they can pretend to be someone else for extended periods of time. Like, do you know what I mean? It doesn't upset them that they should, they want to, and they, they, they don't get angry with the script going like, this sucks. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is why you can see they just get lucky. If they get a bad script, they're oblivious. You're like, what happened to him? Oh, he just started, he was never knew what was going on. <laughs> there are some that pick good scripts, but I'm saying a lot of them, you're like, oh, dude, he went downhill. 
And I was like, he never knew what the fuck was going on from day dot, dude. He's a pilot like. Willis is fucked from uh, Alzheimer's now, right? But he, he did a bunch of movie, like shit movies before he stopped acting completely where he just had an earpiece and he didn't know where he was. They were just feeding him lines. He just said them. You know, they just wanted yeah. to jump the plane, cashed out for his family. And yeah. Then fucking I just, I, I like, the story arc I like the most is Schwarzenegger because he dominated... He got buff and then he was an actor. Then he got bored, then went into politics. Mm. Like he had enough knowledge to go like, well, I've done it. We've done Terminator. How many shit? Fuck that. I'll go and do calisthenics to try win an Olympic medal. Like, do you know what I mean? He, he doesn't just linger around making more and more. He eventually was like, what? Who gives a fuck, right? Mm. You filmed Action Cop 6. We've done Daddy, Daddy's, Daddy's Pregnant. What's it called? What was that one where he pretended he had a baby in him? Junior, oh, I can't remember, man. One, yeah, yeah, but he's oh wait, that was the, the one with Devito twins or something. Yeah, no, but they had Junior as well. But he had elevated thinking. We're like, I get it. You cruise around, you do the promotion, you get a few million dollars. We wander around, and he eventually thought, like, well, let's tick another box. The real greats do multiple things in their life, not just mm. one thing: tennis, and then nothing else. You, you basically. Mr. Universe, then the top actor in the world, then you voted as uh, governor of California, and now I don't know what he does. He'd probably join the church and become the fucking pope, something. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Tick boxes, tick boxes. Don't linger around like Tom Hanks. You're done, mate. We've seen Big. You should have stopped at Big, to be honest. Big was the classic. What else did he do after that? Forrest Gump. Oh, Philadelphia was good. Philadelphia, Forrest Gump. Um Fuck, what are the ones with Hanks? There's like a big one that I can't, I'm not, oh, fucking Saving Private Ryan. Oh, okay, look, actually Hanks is a bad example. He's a good actor. <laughs> I like Hanks. So wait, who are you talking about then? Um, Just anyone that's got in my way. I don't know. <laughs> I, I could attack anyone. Dude, I'm, I'm worried that we, this commitment to three hours... My blood sugar's dropping. Yeah, well, you're two hours late. Oh, yeah, it was just setting up, man. I yeah, think these you... are going to get good. <laughs> why, 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 why are you pulling back now? What happened a second ago to make you pull back? You do you think out. we should get... Do you, someone told me we should get guests on. No, it's a horrible idea, man. Yeah, it is actually, because we've got no interest in anyone. Like, it's hard enough with just us, man. Like, there's a... Depending on what yeah. state of flux you're in, it's like, we're yeah, man. fucking, where are we going, man? You know? Oh, dude, the waves, hey. Just realising how old my kid is now and, like, he's actually being raised in a, a lower socioeconomic <laughs> family. I never comprehended that. I didn't really know the consequences. And I'm like, oh, my God. When he's 18, he'll be like, yeah, we struggled growing up. I'm like, fuck, I did that. That's crazy. I need to fix it real quickly. I spoke about it on the pod before where someone goes, by 10, they'll know if you're a loser, which gives me two years to make million. I reckon I can do it. Isn't one of them older than 10 or are they both under 10? No, they're under 10, but oh. supposedly by 10, they become aware of your standing in society. At the moment, they just think you're a crazy fun man. Yeah. Do you know, like, like the drunk dad is fun. And then you suddenly, no, he's, he drives tractors. He's a drunk fuck. 
and then you feel shame and then you eventually forgive them and go, look, he tried his best. Generally, you forgive them when you realise you failed as well, which happens to most people. <laughs> that you judge your parents in your 20s. Yeah, yeah. By the time you hit 30, you realise, oh, actually, life's real hard. He actually had quite a nice house with a pool. Better than I got. You can't fall from deity status to uh, still pretty good status. The fall has to be hard, you know. There's got to be a bounce. You, it can't be, oh, my parents are gods, and then you, you know, you get old enough and you realise that they're not gods. They don't just go from not being gods to being, yeah, they're great. They go to like, oh, my God, they failed. These, these are all the ways that they failed. Uh, and I think, yeah, you're, yeah. yeah, you're right. Like, you fail a decade later and you're like, no, they're actually, they're all right. They did pretty good. You get humility when you realise... That you're a failure as well because mm. it's in your genetics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's a Everyone whole different Everyone denies their genetics. <laughs> the only reason anyone persists is they always think they're going to get lucky. And they're always an outlier that's done it in comedy and whatever that just makes no sense and they've, they've gone viral. And that gives everyone can win the lotto. And that's the only reason anyone persists with life because mm. you're like there's one person in your friend group that is doing really well against all odds. They have no aptitude, they have no skills, and they're generally the most wealthy of everyone, and that, that's what keeps everyone plodding on through the desert. Yeah. Because you can hit an oasis, hey. There are enough Commonwealth game gold medalists out there to think, oh, you know, you, like, everyone can know someone who's very successful and think it could happen to them. Yeah, man. It could happen to me. I love the people that throw their medal in a lake. I think, did Muhammad Ali did it? Anyone that throws the medal away and people get so angry. And you're like, well, what, 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 are you going to stare at it forever? Who cares? Is this a common thing? I, I, don't, know, I don't know much about the throwing medals in lakes thing. Well, it's, it's sort of, you know, like having possessions. Like you won the 100 metres. You don't need the medal. And then people are like, oh, be careful. We've got to get a safe box. We have to have security around the medal. I'm like, he's won the medal. You don't need to actually hold the medal anymore. It's irrelevant. You just tell people I was the fastest runner that year. You've got to have a weird fucking idol. All I really know is the biting the medal thing. What? The, the biting the medal photo that everyone takes. Dude, it's funny seeing the traditions because um, Steph Curry hit a hole in one. And then he ran onto the green and he didn't know. But it was, uh, it was. I saw a YouTube thing where it was saying um, the best basketball ever at free throw was would Under Armour. He would just between his legs, and he was like ninety five percent success. Yeah. But he looked like a pussy, <laughs> and because of that, no one ever embraced what he was doing. He didn't give a shit. He was the most accurate they've ever had. But human beings were like, "Oh, dude, but you look weak, man. It's better to get seventy percent." I'm like, "There's a lot of money on the line, but that's sort of why you get the medal and you bite it." And I'm like, "You've got to. Do, you rub it on your your crotch, uh, uh, crotch. Do something different." But you never would. You get it. You bite it. And then you, you know what I mean? It's just, we're on fucking repeat with everything. <laughs> don't you think? Even like the wedding speech, the charts, everything's the same thing on loop, isn't it? Yeah. Even on the wedding, the kiss, don't kiss her too much. The first kiss is <laughs> a peck. And then there's some people that do silly things and they're crazy. You know, the, the entry, the first wedding dance where they all rehearse it and then we act surprised. Oh, yeah, we took lessons and they're doing <laughs> Zomba or some shit. <laughs> And we act like, wow, that was crazy. Oh, they're such a fun couple. They did that spin and it was, you know what I mean? The scene from Pulp Fiction, blur, 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 whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're still just copping a movie scene. It's not that fun. Yeah, there are too many people and everyone knows everything. You, what, like, 
You can only be derivative. We spoke we're, like we spoke about this last. We're being derivative of last week, man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like you, of course you can only be derivative. Like what? What new thing are you gonna? You know, like you don't have uh, humans are copy paste too much the same. It's not like you're born with your asshole in a different place, so it lets you do something weird with it. I do, and that's the thing because people you see it on threads or Twitter. It's just so repetitive, mm. people's thoughts, but they're so excited to share the thought as if it's original. But I'm like, you're just on loop, mate. The simulation is bad jammed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because the fact they raced their um, phone and then tweet, and I'm like, yeah, you're talking about Barbie. Look up. Everyone is. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, why'd you share it? Like, did you really think you was uh, insightful or revolution, uh, re- whatever? All you can do is try and make a connection with another person in this, in this crazy mixed up life. No, man, you want to you want to disassociate with everyone <laughs> and walk through like you're in, um, and everyone's sort of a cardboard cutout and just push past and you know what I mean. You want to get beyond reality and just treat it like a weird. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, like they're sort of. A fake cast. You don't treat anyone with the respect of reality. That's the argument for, uh, m- like, making those true friendships, like putting yourself in insane situations, life and death, removing the yeah, removing yeah. the comforts. Like, you and a buddy go to uh, travel to Africa under the guise of doing missionary work, but you're actually joining a warlord so that you can yeah, yeah. eventually know whether or not he's a true friend when one of your legs gets blown off and he doesn't leave you behind uh, because you're under attack from, like, guerrilla operatives. There's no to- true friends, though, because once you get to a certain age, you realise, like, you had that high school friend or that workmate, you don't check in on them now. They're probably dead. They've probably got testicular cancer. Yeah, but that's because you haven't, you haven't had the chance to make that true connection. You, no, need, but to, you need to remove yourself from... Uh, or like yeah, all all of these modern comforts, and go and force the. You need to force the hand uh, that you, like yeah, force the hand that you otherwise would have been dealt a thousand years Dude, ago. No, no, because they, no one, nothing lasts. It's always fickle and just moments. But how because do you know, man? Pe- you've never you've never seen one of your group die in front of you. You know, you don't have the. Bond think of the of people that. that you loved and you had so much fun with, and try to reconcile why. You did, that didn't persist. Like I've got a lot of people that I was very close with and had such great times with, and then the fact that we both mutually agreed to just stop talking and ever see each other again, there were some fond memories. And I'm like, you would think as a human being you would crave that again, but you're like, whatever, that was its moment. But that's why, man, because you never killed with those people. If you killed with those people, maybe you wouldn't... Like, if you suffered through some kind of trauma where they, they were the only ones that you could talk to, you wouldn't stop talking, man. If it's just like, oh, yeah, we did pingers at nightclubs in the UK for, for six months. Of yeah, course yeah, there's no... Yeah. But if you were, like, you know, if you if you were in Afghanistan, like, trying to trying well, to overthrow happened, with the rest of the Taliban taking back the taking back the capital. It happens on reality shows. I saw everyone on Ninja Warriors friends now, everyone on Survivor, everyone on Married at First Sight become friends because they they have their own trauma where they get treated so badly. Dude, that's you're confusing carrot and stick. There's no there's no uh, stick in that situation. It's carrot. If they're friends, they can leverage. No, dude, they but they they go on there and get treated so badly because I think behind the scenes and all of that is just exploitation 
and they realise that they got taken advantage of and there is a trauma in it where you realise, oh, my God, married at first sight because you're behind the scenes, they keep you up late, they're filming you crying, <laughs> they're telling you lies. She said your fucking pussy's too big. Do you know what I mean? And you, do you know what I mean? And you're like, that bitch, fuck her. And they sort of play with you and then I think you bond over the trauma of being on TV together. Right, so you think that possibly the trauma... I see them in Perth all the time, man, the Ninja Warrior people hanging out. And the only thing that could have happened is they got ripped off and realised they only got paid with a hat and a backpack. And you don't think that's for clout because they can all get on fucking Sunrise together? Okay, look, I must also think they also... There's one or two that are famous and then the others love the fact they know a famous person. (laughs) So they cling on. And they go, oh, it's famous. Yeah, man, it's it's not... like they're not ten year long relationships that are surviving. They're your UK pinger mate relationships that are surviving. They had a good time. They all got to go on the TV. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you want to, you want to take those same. That's what you want, man. You want it to be like, yeah, you're unmarried in first sight, and then you drop them in a fucking in a war zone, and then they make true relationships. Like that's the, yeah. the they sign away the they like <laughs> they sign the release. You drop them in a war zone. There are no cameras at all. They're just there now. And that's that's what I realised when I went through my torrid time. It includes family and friends. Like, once you get into a real final flight where the guys just detonated everything, you get to see the even everyone. You get to see what everyone is. Do you know what I mean? It's easy even to be like a family member when things are going well. Do you know what I mean? You truly know how close you are when when it's, it's torrid. And you're looking at your phone and it's just not ringing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you're just saying like the, your, your family's not calling to be like, hey, no, man. No, I'm saying it, it happens. It goes to everyone. Like it's easy to have good time friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah, of family, course. Of even course. good time family. Where, where they, they, you've made them proud. What about when you're like Channel 7 has found bodies in your backyard? <laughs> and you're like, it's still <laughs> it's important to me, man. Like he, we, he helped me through that breakup. Yeah, You're a good dude. Yeah, you know what I mean. Did you remember? Yeah, I think. Uh, like, what what opportunities do you have for truly traumatic bonding moments? Like, I'm almost jealous. I'm jealous of the Ice Town Killers, man. You know, they yeah, they did yeah, horrible yeah. things, but there's a group of them. Like, they're in jail later, and they still they have each other. No matter what, they have. Yeah, each- yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've got people they know they can trust. Because unless they've dogged out to the police, which they often do, where's where they're fucking up. Yeah. But if they're both denied the whole time, you're like, dude, that guy had my back. You know, we had the barrel. And he goes, I know nothing about the barrel. <laughs> and you remember, like, he didn't even kill, he didn't kill three of them. Man, if you committed a heinous crime with someone and then you both got sent to different prisons for 15 years, you get out and you're like, man, where's Jeff? I need Jeff back. That's what I'm saying. Imagine that first hug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would run and you would hug and embrace and go like, fuck, we really did fuck up. It wasn't the best idea. Whatever. <laughs> we thought we'd rip off some money from Centrelink. But God, we've got a lot in common. I can't believe we both thought that was a good idea. One of the worst ideas we ever had. Yeah, man. But we can bond on that. Yeah, you're embracing. It's like, man, I missed you. Oh my god, I've got some. I've got some new ideas. Like, let's. <laughs> I have plans. Oh, let's implement. Let's go. And you're like, yeah, dude. We we just put the barrels a bit deeper. We we go again. There's. I think there's another element of uh, uh, when you make it the world against you and me. Uh, there's not only is the trauma sort of bonding, but you you get into a position where you can't reach out to others anyway. 
So you're forced yeah, yeah, yeah. to, you, like, there's something nice about being forced to be or to maintain a relationship with someone. Well, dude, that's what happens with those, um, those abusive relationships because you get all in. They yeah. eventually tell you you can't see your friends, you can't see your family, and then you're so connected with them. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you, they're all you got. And, and then you still, once you get out of it, you would miss them in a way because you're like, fuck, we were deep. We were really deep. Like, he was picking out my dresses. I'm like, fuck, we were deep. I'm never connected. Like, I'm responding to every move. Keep it down, move, walk quietly around the house, and you're actually tiptoeing and going, I put my socks on so I don't make the floorboards creak. And I'm like, what a connection. You need In a, a way. Dude, like, like I was saying with the married at first sight, but it's actually a war situation. You need to force that connection. If you can force the connection with someone else, it's probably the greatest gift you could give a person. Dude, this is why you have to, when you meet someone special, you have to run them through all these simulations. Like, you lie, I've lost my job, I have no money, you have a testicular scare, you, you know? You <laughs> it's week three. It's only week three. <laughs> You're very wealthy, and they're going like, Jesus Christ, and you go, I've been arrested, I need you to go and delete the hard drive. And it's all made up. Please delete the hard drive. And you come through, she's, sl- she's flushing powder. It's just flour. But you know what I mean? You go, did you flush it? You come in, she's done that. You're like, dude, I hit someone in my car. You need to say you were driving. Do you know you're running <laughs> through all this? What you want is like a, you want to, man, dude, that's, that's it, man. You set up a, you set up an escape room and, uh, but it's a, it's a trick escape room. It's like a, pop-up escape room oh, it only runs once and then you move to the next city but you have a group come in and you make them think that you're they killed you the guy operating the escape room Mate, unbelievable what you do is this is really early in a relationship you ring up you're up the side of the road and you say oh yeah i'm drunk i've hit someone with my car and they're wrapped up in uh, it's not someone it's just a dummy <laughs> and you say help me load it in the boot i fucked up no don't look at it it will traumatize you then you drive out to a forest, you bury it. It's just uh, one of the mannequins from David Jones. <laughs> they bury it and you go, don't ever tell anyone. And then you just keep telling them, oh, I feel traumatised. Every, You know what I mean? And you create that false connection. They're like, well, I don't know why it wasn't in the news. And go, oh, some, probably someone homeless. I don't know. We clipped them. I think it's critical that it's done by a third party, though. Like, you need a because uh, because if you if you do it like that, it's it's good. You'll get definitely get the person to invest more deeply. But they won't respect you because you you basically clip someone. You have no empathy. No, no, You're no. That's why I'm. That's, I'm not saying that you need to do the exact. I'm not saying you need to actually get a person. I'm saying no, that, but I'm saying you have a fake. Bury a mannequin in the desert. Yeah, but <laughs> build a bomb. Yeah, it's good. It's I'm 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 on board. It's good, but the problem there is you don't get the connection. You're missing out. You're just the guy who spent you're up all night fucking wrapping a dummy up in a duffel bag and then like creating a creating a fucking scavenger hunt for your loved one. That's not good for you. You don't because you don't get the connection. What about them when it's like ten years on? And you can see their hand shaking and going, I just can't get beyond what we did to that homeless woman. And nothing really happened. And you have a beer and you go, I don't know why you process it so well. And you're like, well, it's... And then one day you can reveal it. It's a piece of plastic. You're so immersed with me now, aren't you? Like, wasn't that fun? Check, there's a camera there and there. You're on a long-running prank show. I don't know. No, it's it's very hard to... No, it's good. But I'm just saying that you don't get the connection then, then. 
So what like what you need is yeah. you you need to you need to altruistically do it for others. Like you're running a corporate building, a corporate team building uh, retreat, and like everyone shows up and it's like, it's like, all right, guys, we're gonna build a bridge out of milk crates. Yeah, yeah. And it's all fun and games. But then on the third day, you you do a whole setup so it seems like they killed the instructor. And they yeah. all they all bond over it. They're out there for a week. They're calling their families like, "Oh, corporate trip has been extended for a little while," and everyone's in it together. You know, they've all got blood on their hands. I saw a business online that does this, right? That you pay them five hundred dollars, they'll randomly arrive and arrest you, and then they take you away for a weekend fishing and uh, you know having beers. So you arrive, so you're on the beach with your wife. You're arrested and go. You're under arrest. And then two days later, it's like with a misunderstanding and you're released again. But so, <laughs> so you're basically, what's going on? The, the kids are going like, it's, he's got soccer in the morning. He needs to be here. And going, We're taking him in for questioning. You leave him in a van. You're, you're there. You're with the, it's a tr- retreat with the boys. Vodkas. You come back. And then it, they say, look, it was a misunderstanding. Wrong person. And you get a weekend away. And it's a thousand dollars. And they'll, pick, they'll arrest you on the beach in front of your wife on your way to Bunnings and you get to go uh, to Rottnest and have a, a boys trip playing cut poker and cards. <laughs> Do you think that's good? Yeah, that's great. It's, that's, but that's a, that's a business for a cuck guy who wants to get out of date night, you know, and also seems like doesn't have any friends to organise to go away with in the first place. Can I, I want a weekend where I feel like one of the fellas. <laughs> get me out there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You pay extra because, like, you don't really have anyone else. They can also give you the friend experience. And you're like, that's actually the full thing. The guys that arrest you will also play golf with you and and laugh at your shit jokes. You can get a real boost. Yeah, man. What you need, you need to have the entire the entire office group, right? Dude, this is how you reduce turnover because the entire office group is there. They've built the bridge out of milk crates or the fucking tower or whatever, yeah. and then you rig it so the tower falls over. They're all standing on it uh, as they're making their way up to grab the flag. The tower falls over and it crushes the instructor to death. And then they have yeah, to bond. Perfect. They have to bond That's over perfect. burying the body. And you know what, man? You never have staff retention issues again. Have you had this before, though? Like we have the speaking of like fake friends, the guy mm. that laughs at everything, and you think you're killing, and then suddenly you see them in an environment, and you realize they're they're basically not well, and they <laughs> laugh at everything. Have you had that? You know, I love this guy. You haven't laughed. She's like, "That's hilarious!" <laughs> and then suddenly you're like. You have him with a bigger group and you're like, what the fuck? He's, da- he's laughing at my father-in-law. The guy's joyless. And you go, oh, they're worthless. He's laughing. He's just, he's got, he's on the spectrum. Is, is that worse or is it worse if you like bring them around to the family barbecue and they, like you, you know, you go to the kitchen and as you're, as you're coming back, you see them and they're a completely different personality when they're chatting to your cousin. Well, dude, that happens so often where a person might be at ease with you and then in a group setting, they're different and they just wreck your credibility because you vouch for them. Yeah. And then suddenly you're like, what the fuck? And you gra- you want to shake them. You're freezing up. Fucking <laughs> add in some fucking jokes, dude. What the fuck you're talking about? Diamond mining? What the fuck you doing? <laughs> Workshop, man. Be like you are when we play golf. You're making me look like a fucking idiot. Have you had people like that? I've had people that let me down. One on one, they kill it. Group setting, they're boring as shit. And I'm like, I just want you want to raise your hand. Just want to let everyone know, Jeff's never acted like this around me, or I wouldn't have invited him. 
Imagine if you called someone out early on a <laughs> Just keep your heads up, he's acting unusual and less fun than I remember. And I wouldn't have invited them. Yeah, you make excuses for them when they go to the bathroom. You're like, hey, guys, just eat. they're so much more relaxed. <laughs> it's just when they get to know you, it's uh, they're way different, actually. So, Dude, then you have that. You have a hospital pass where you go, tell the story about how you uh, buried that dummy. Oh, the man, desert. and they fuck up the story. Uh, like they, and you're like, no, 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 you didn't say it like that. You end up That's telling really it for them. <laughs> That's mean-spirited. How many stories do you think you need to win friends? Because I, I know people that have like six anecdotes that they live on. Like I've heard them hundreds of times and they've got a whole friend set and every time they meet new people, people go, wow, James is incredible. It's wild. I'm like, yeah, let me guess. Fireworks story, <laughs> the dog, muted dog story, how his wife left him and that story about how the computer fuck up. And they're like, yeah. The computer fucker! <laughs> hey, he was on the run! I'm like, that's all he's got. He's bullshit. He's got, he hasn't had a new story in 10 years. If Kreischer is anything to go off, you just need one story, man. You can make a whole fucking life out of it, you know? Oh, mate, the machine. But the how machine. many stories can you hold in your head at once, you know? I find that, like, if whatever the most recent thing that's happened, you work out the beats for that one after you've told a few family members and friends... And then that's a good one. But five years later, someone's like, oh, man, tell that story about the thing. And you tell it again. You can't. You're like, oh, did it happen? No, no, that happened first. It's fucked up. The, you, you know there's supposed to be a laugh in the middle somewhere, but you forget yeah, how you yeah, got yeah. there. It's, how, it's impossible, man. It's like stand-up. You can't hold more than an hour in your head at a time. How true do you reckon the machine is? Like the thought of Russian gangsters going, this guy, he speaks... So this guy, he speaks no... Russian, he's drinking booze, which is irrelevant to Russians because everyone fucking drinks, and somehow he's impressing them drinking vodka. Like, this is just, it doesn't make sense, dude. Like, literally, kids drink uh, Russian vodka. Like, it's not a big deal. And they're like, oh, you're crazy, you're crazy. I'm like, these guys are stabbing people and running a cartel, and they're impressed by a 19 year old guy with pimples who's having his first beers. I'm like, it is so unlikely that a hardened criminal that's 40 years old is going to hang out with a 19-year-old boy with acne and go, you big boy, you top boy. <laughs> it would always have been done mocking. How true, objectively or to him? This is what, the way I think the Russians saw it. He was like a piñata. Like in sports, you know, we get the mascot. They were taking the piss. Oh, you drink, you're so tough, you tough boy. It was the total opposite of what he saw. In his head... His party vibe had impressed across cultures and language. The truth was the only engagement they had was like, you machine. And you know what I mean? It's like, you've got big dicky. And they go, come, show your big dick to everyone. It's a tiny little dick. And he's like, I'll never forget when they called me the big tank dick. And I'm like, show someone else your micro penis, you fucking pathetic worm. There's no way it was done in a, a non-mocking vibe. There's yeah. no way five people that have stabbed someone to death are operating a human trafficking and a brothel are impressed by a, a fucking exchange student drinking some wine on a train. <laughs> I fucking call the other one, you moron. Man, like, and everyone's like, in there like, oh, the machine, 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 machine. I, the whole thing is flawed. It's so obviously flawed. I think objectively, 5% true. 5% true. Uh, dude, I would love if they had, like, 
Russian, like uh, the Secret Service had footage of the train and someone actually pulled it out. How come one of these 55-year-old Russian guys hasn't come out and been like, yeah, the machine, we remember him. Oh, yeah. No, no one remembers him. I'd love it if they had footage and he's more like an open mic comic in a green room following them around <laughs> like a lost puppy. And they're like, off, fuck off. And then I, it's just, um, but it's amazing, man. His whole life on a live, whatever. Good on him. <laughs> Dude, now he does theatres with him with his shirt off, pretending to be in the machine. And I wonder how much of his fan base are actually just mocking him in a way, thinking he's just a lovable piñata. No, not enough, man. No way. There's uh, there's not enough. There's not enough people enjoying that. Ironically, it's genuine. I mean, I just, Dude, it's think, just think like, of the number of people who like watch Sopranos and they're like, yeah, Tony's the coolest guy ever. It's like, oh what? yeah, yeah, hundred percent, dude. And the thing is, you can hear him on podcasts, and he's done everything always. He's one of those guys that you tell a story, and you go, yeah. So there was a deaf dog in a van, and he goes. Death dog? I had nine death dog. You know, like you always, every story you hear, and you're like, yeah, so my mom had terminal cancer. My mom had AIDS and cancer. He, he reminds me of a kid that I used to know in school that one-ups every story. You can see when uh, Rogan's telling a story that he's building in his mind, ha, 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 ha. He wants to just spit out, like, I'm a Brazilian jiu-jitsu master as well. I did ninja. And it's like, it's actually worked. These people are normally bullied and mocked, but somehow he's snapped through and he's got credibility. In, in high school, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, your dad's a fucking superhero. It's generally, you know that kid where his dad's left? And you're like, my dad's got magic. My dad can fly. And you're like, and you're like your dad left, dude. You live on welfare checks. But, you know, you, you go along with it. I knew a kid like that and maybe... I must have been seven years old who had one of those fucking my uncle works for Nintendo kids. Dude, 100%. And we're, like, we're, we're hanging out. We hung out one time and he lived in a fucking caravan. Dude, and you know what the thing is? The tryhard, and it's often not his fault. Because his no, mum it's an abusive fucking family situation. Yeah, what, what happens happened, his mum will tell him mm. that his dad was an NBA star because she basically got banged by nine guys on a wharf. And she'd be like, uh, you, you know, you know, like when you, anyone has sperm donor, it's always a doctor or a lawyer rather than a balding guy from the library that just jacks off. Yeah, man, and the then, kid comes home and the caravan wall has holes in it. Mum's got a black eye and, oh, he's a pro boxer and he had to fly off to help the military. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then they, they look like... He balls. was practising his punches and it got a bit out of hand. <laughs> he's like, he won't be round no more. <laughs> Bert Price is the only guy not to get exposed for it because when you were in school, they were the tryhard. I even have it with my son. Like, I got him that hack switch. And then he was telling him, oh, yeah, we just download all the games illegally. And I realised he just looks like a bullshit. He sounds like a yeah, crazy person. Yeah, yeah, Because the, the, parents, the parents are going, there's no way you can hack a Switch because they're all nerds, yeah. obviously. And then even I took, he goes, let me get the Switch. And we showed it to everyone. And they go, nah, they just like, they look like they downloaded. They, you know, like paid for. But I'm like, no, I have to actually bring the whole class in and go, it's daddy career day. And I come in and go like, look, this is how you bypass the controls on the Switch and watch me download what game do you guys want to verify it, otherwise my son looks like Bert Kreiser. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, man. It's getting a game, though. Because one, my Nintendo, sorry, my uncle works for the Nintendo kid, and they uh, they ruin your trust in everyone else who has a cool story for years until you're like they they can prove it. You know, like every every oh, some kids did go to a premiere for some cool movie, and you never believe yeah, yeah, yeah. it. But they. It's you just because believe. it's because you're like, yeah, sure thing, fuckhead. Like I've been tricked before. I've seen the caravan, man. I know what's going on. C- can you explain to me why, when people are normally repulsed by needy tryhards, why did Bert Kreiser not get caught out? Like, why was it ignored? Because if you have enough truth in there, yeah, but I'm, I'm just just that 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 neediness to be liked is normally repulsive to people, and. Now they buy tickets. I'm like, why weren't they repulsed by his need to be the best? To be the, ah, I'm the fucking machine. Because there's there's enough, I think there's just enough truth there that people buy in, you know? Like, they're happy to go, to go along with it because you can prove all of the things that are uh, insane are unprovable anyway. Dude, and, and the thing is, I, I'm like, I was the animal in London. I haven't run with that brand before. I could be the animal. You got the machine and now wolf. The animal. Bring in the animal. Is the animal the same thing? Imagine that. And we can end up fighting in a cage and we both are just cowards and hug each other. But why were you called why were you called the animal though? Where did that Well I, from? The, the thing is, and this is why it's so repulsive, I would never talk well of myself. Because it's just not in a human's nature to go and like, oh, so we're all in London and I did this and I did that and I did that. I even had it when like that brief moment where I um, burnt Russell Crowe in the green room. I tried to tell the story to someone and it sounded like such a fucking tryhard that I abandoned it. I, I never tell stories about myself. And then I'm like, how the fuck you, it just speaks how much Bert Kreiser is. Then you'd be like, so get this, boys. Weekend away, Bertie's there, so you know it's going to be fun. The machine is there. <laughs> Unorganized strippers and a midget stripper. So get this. So get this. I had an idea. I'm like, who the fuck? But a narcissist talks about themselves like that. I'm always like, how's the weekend? Look, I don't know. Ask around. You'll hear some stories. You'll hear some stories. But you have to... Uh... It's, it's about that status play, right? Like, if you can do the status play, you're absolutely fine. If you can approach a story which is supposed to make you seem incredible or whatever, but you're uh, you're acting repulsed by bits and talking about how, oh, you, like, this was not a good thing to do. Like, if you get on their side and you're self-deprecating about, like, fucking Mulaney's latest special where he's talking about uh, being it, addicted to coke. It's a good special, but it's also... If someone just told you those stories, like, yeah, and then I fucking went to rehab and I did this and it was pretty fucking oh, sick. Oh, yeah, yeah, You'd yeah, hate yeah, it. Yeah. But it's, it, when, it's, when it's sold as, like, this is the awful behavior of an addict and, oh, my God, what I was so close to killing myself. I actually worked out how he got through. First, it was because he got um, Van Wilder, party animal. But the real thing that endorsed him is because Rogan's so gullible that he... Um, he smoothed it over like ha that's crazy a normal person would be like whatever do you know what i mean like he never interrupts him he goes you're talking shit dude you're a liar you're bullshit artist. you're not just doing the story and then putting it up and letting people 
do it. You've got someone else trying to pull the story out of you. So it, it changed. It's the status thing, right? Like, oh man, you it, that sounds despicable. What the? How'd you? What'd you do next? Dude, that's what I'm saying. Rogan was the gatekeeper. If Bert had just done Machine straight on stage, people would have thought he's a wanker. It's because it got teased out by Joe Rogan during an episode, and it looked like he had just happened to stumble onto a story that obviously was 90% made up, but it was just an incredible anecdote. And mm. Rogan was in there doing the, the little checkpoints where mm. you normally would have gone, shut up, <laughs> fucking try hard. And he was like, really? Incredible. So the Russian mafia were overwhelmed by a 19-year-old pimply-faced teenager drinking wine <laughs> on a train. Whoa! And you basically had the kingpin was in awe of you. Yes, I held his gun. I had his gun. And he said, you true, you are the true gang leader. Now, my master. Yeah, and it's a story that you have cooking for 10 years, you know? Like you fucking, it starts Because that's effectively the, that's the machine story. You are the true gang leader. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sensei. And it's like, you go into the jungle, you fight 18 ninjas, including like the master, and he eventually goes, you sir, ah, the the master or whatever the sensei becomes the what's it the the student becomes the pupil or whatever that student saying. becomes the teacher yeah that's that sensei becomes the master or whatever but that pupil is the becomes the teacher <laughs> and it's the equivalent it's the equivalent to a fantasy where you become spider-man you become superman what he's selling is to nerds the idea that eventually on a high school reunion that they could beat the shit out of the bully but the truth is the bully sees them, oh, you're a lawyer now, and then pulls down his pants and goes, he's still got a small dick, and then they'll walk off. <laughs> well, you think about how many stories you've, like, or, yeah, how many how many stories you've told where the first time you tell it, you reach a bit and people, someone, the person you're telling it to is like, oh, it makes a face and is a bit disgusted. And mentally you're like, well, next time I tell this story, I'll make it that someone else said that hor- horrific thing. And then I won't be the bad guy. Oh, dude, 100%. And just little bits and pieces until eventually, eventually the story, you're the hero, this crazy thing, you were forced into a situation. Oh, dude, and then it's always you change the time because you'll be like, so get this. They're like, please stop. And then it sounds like you're a villain, but then it's like, yeah, just please stop. You know what I mean? Like, you need to stop, you idiot. What are you going to do about it? Do you know what I mean? And then you're like, wow, you were on your rights to spray them in the face with your eye. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like when you first tell it, it's actually despicable, incorrigible. But the, the one thing I realised with tone, you can make any of it. Because someone can genuinely say like, look, I don't know why you're treating me like this. And you're like, and then, you know what I mean? It's just saying, it's changed the way it was said. Which is why you can win any argument. Because you can make things sound like passive aggressive or sarcastic. Mm. And then you're like, oh, he's totally mocking you. You were in your rights to report it. He was mocking you, but he actually said earnestly, please don't treat me like this. I've done nothing to deserve this. You're like, please, what are you going to do? Leveraging your home, margin personal loans, hedged by put contracts, holding 15 over. Lose.